Welcome one and all to another edition of Upright Citizens. What's up, Bob? How you feeling? Hey, Ruben. Feeling good. How are you? Hey. Great to see you. I'm doing all right. You still in St. Louis, right? Just chilling. I'm Is that right? St. Louis. Beautiful, beautiful St. Louis, Missouri. Where it are you? It must be cold there. It must be cold there, all right? Huh? Oh, yeah. It's, it's frigid. It's frigid. But the but it's fall and everything's beautiful, so. So I don't know. A little sink. A little sink was a little off there, but that's all right. I forgive you. Well, I'm here in the beautiful town of Antwerp in Belgium, you know. Y'all check your... Uh, your maps, your Google Maps, make sure you know where that is. Uh, here with two uh, great masters of our time in this music, great friends of mine. I'm very honored to to call them that. And uh, we here, you know, on this bass centric podcast to hear their views too. I mean, they're even though the bass is where it's at, we'll uh, give them some love and make them feel special <clears throat> today. <laughs> <laughs> First, we have uh, you know my man Kendrick Scott. I don't know. We've known each other for quite some time. Uh, uh, I mean, when when did we actually we met in Boston, right? Is that right? 97. In '97. Look at that. Me and this young youngster. I mean, he's a little younger than me. Um, you know, plays in like has played with the likes of Terrence Blanchard, Diane Reeves, to Kenny Garrett, and and, the, and you know the list goes on and on. I, I always hate to. To, to give people's like superlatives of who they play with just just google it's this cat and you know you'll figure you'll see that he's you know he has a large body of work and uh um his latest offering what's it called again world huh i should do my homework a little better than that. a wall becomes a bridge but no for real though this 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 young man has has an incredible group uh one of the best i think one of the finest young uh, or I should say modern jazz groups of our time called the Oracle. Um, you know, I've given him you know, enough big ups. Kendrick, thank you for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. You know, yeah, that's all. And, and last but not least, bringing up the rare, usually he brings up the, the front end. Um, <clears throat> Mr. Gerald Clayton, uh, of course, we've, you know, he can't get away. It's a bass-centric podcast, so we have to always give props to you know the masterful um, educator uh and bassist and, and composer arranger uh, mr john clayton this is uh, his son of course for our listeners who who don't know um but uh, gerald's his own artist his own man in his own right doing his own thing making you know big waves around the world you know gonna play with likes of Roy hargrove john Cole, sorry john schofield <laughs> Mr. Lloyd, of course, you know, has been playing for many years, and uh, and the list goes on and also. You Google him, you'll you'll figure that out. Um, uh, you know, the latest, latest release is live at the Village Vanguard, but you know, some of my favorite CDs of him it also comes, you know, his his incredible trio with uh, Joe Saunders and, and Justin Brown, uh, with the Life Forum, the Bond, uh, Paris Sessions, you know, all of that. You know, you know, he's the cat been been doing it out here for a little bit, but hey. Thanks for joining us, brother. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. You know, uh, and and this is the time where I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna shut up and let my partner in crime take it over, so we can get to some some real stuff. Go ahead, Bob. Thanks so much, Ruben. Yeah, thank you both very much for being on the on the episode for today. Very grateful to have you here, and thank you so much for being here. Uh, I wanted to ask Ruben, what are y'all doing in Antwerp? 
<laughs> Why are y'all there? Y'all just chilling? Hanging? Eating. We just... <laughs> eating. Eating. <laughs> diamond? You get, picking up some diamonds when you're out there? I guess I didn't, I didn't, I didn't mention that. We, we're, we're fortunate to play with the, the legendary Charles Lloyd, actually. We're on tour. We've been on tour for the past couple weeks, doing exactly what this man just said, eating and drinking and, and fellowshipping and playing some great music. Uh, you know, hey... Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, we're grateful. We're grateful. Oh, I can say I'm Charles grateful. Charles Lloyd rhythm section is here on the podcast today. That's right, incredible. There we go. Mind blowing. Yeah, beautiful. Well, cool. Yeah. So that's you know we've just got some questions and like Ruben was saying, it's a bass centric podcast, but we're really not trying to keep everything super bass centric. We just want to talk about music and life and stuff like that as well. Um, so we've got all of Charles Lloyd's rhythm section right here. It's great, Charles Lloyd. Y'all are on tour in Belgium right now, and I just wanted to ask. With uh, touring and live performance opening back up, getting back out on the road, you feel like live music and performing for people and playing together, obviously, has taken on a different depth of meaning. Uh, is there things you were taking for granted that you're, you know, feeling as we get back into the into the real world? Yes, for me, uh, uh, definitely, it was something that. Um, that I'm always grateful for anytime I grace the stage or get to play um, music with people, but it was so normal that sometimes you do take it for granted that you're gonna, you know, play great music and have great hangs and all of that. And then when we get taken, when we get that taken away, it really does, I don't know, I, I was really affected by just being at home and not having that fellowship um, from a human level first. Um, that affected me and also not having it from a musical level that really affected me I, I, I know all the musicians are tired of uh, zoom gigs and right. all that type of recordings and all that type of stuff I mean for me that was fun for a second and then I just missed the the immediate reaction of somebody from um, you know um, hearing what I play and reacting uh, immediately after and you know, I guess that's the beauty of what we do, the, the um, you know, going in without a net and, and trying to experience what's going to happen tonight in Antwerp and what's going to happen tonight in Brussels and all those things um, that we're eternally grateful for at all times. Uh, but then you do get uh, a little jaded when it happens all the time. So Complacent, no doubt. Yeah, so... <laughs> So now that we're back out here, it's just a it's just a true blessing, and we get to um, play for people who you can tell are very hungry to hear some music to to uh, get them out of their um, daily grind as well. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, I would echo that completely. I, um, you know, we definitely start to become a bit blasé uh, when 50, 60 percent of the year we're running around and playing on different stages. Uh, and then to have this very humble where we just gotta stay at home, stay on the couch and do all these things that are, um, can, as we know, can never really be substitutes for the real thing, right? A Zoom gig is, is gonna only be so uh, satisfying for both the musicians and the audience. So just to get back to it is a, is a wonderful feeling for everyone. Um, and it's made me reflect a lot on how this music truly is affected by the environment that surrounds it, you know, the mm -hmm. circumstances that we're in. It's, we're playing the same song 
today that we played two years ago, mm-hmm. but because we, this this you know very profound thing has happened in our lives, it, 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 it takes a different meaning. And even the events surrounding the music, you know, just walking around in a beautiful town like Antwerp, you know, um, you can, me and Ruben were, were talking about how we can kind of get emotional, just, mm-hmm. just going on a walk, you know, and, yeah. and, and feeling really grateful and um, th- that we are finally able to experience the music back on a different landscape than just being at home. So yeah, definitely grateful and trying to stay in the moment and be appreciative. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, give you all some trivia, you know, these guys are some of the most chillest people to, to, to travel with. And as I said, we said in the top, we, we share a love of, 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 of whining and dining. Hello. Whoa, whoa. But no, that, but having that fellowship, is it goes into the music i mean i think that's not talked about enough when you know nurturing the relationships that you have i mean we, we've talked about this a million times on, on 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 upright citizens nurturing the relationships that you have goes into the music you know we we, we trust each other on, on on a different level i mean we've done this many times you know kendrick and, and <clears throat> kendrick and and gerald have done it in their you know with other groups uh, separately same thing with you know Kendrick and I me and Gerald and 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 it's all circular it's all circular we use that a lot you know so um definitely I think that's the biggest for me biggest part about coming being back out here and being being able to do this thing with my my my, my brothers you know my extended family is 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 uh it's is I don't it's, I can't even explain it. I I just stuttering because I don't can't find words you know More what I mean just it's, music. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, you know that's just that's just how it is. <laughs> Gerald, I, I appreciate how you put it when you said you're out on a on a walk and you get in getting emotional and feels and things like that. Because I remember when we got back to playing here, there was more than one time I I won't you know hesitate to admit that I got a little teary eyed getting back on the mm-hmm. stage and seeing my friends and playing and seeing people I love. And get Terry, yeah, what's wrong with you, man? I know, man. Right? Up, but man up, dude. You know, it's 2021. It's man up. <laughs> but it's all, yeah, exactly. I, all, the, all the sentiment, I completely agree with and feel. But so when we're, um, again, back to playing with the great Charles Lloyd, um, can you can you guys elaborate or talk about like the creative freedom or the expectations that that you? You know the music that y'all play with Mr. Lloyd that I've heard um, sounds very free and open, and uh, there's a lot of trust involved. And uh, I, I just wanted to see if y'all could speak on how what the creative freedom is like, or what kind of expectations you get from Mr. Lloyd. I mean, the whole rhythm section's here right now. So how does this how does this all work in this particular situation with Charles Lloyd? I always uh, I always compare the experience to standing on the edge of a cliff. Mm. And, uh, you know, trust falling backwards uh, and just hoping that your wings will catch the wind and you'll fly. And sure enough, um, every time we get off stage, we've we've gone on some kind of a journey. And there's that strange feeling of like, I don't even know what that was, but Mm -hmm. it was special, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And the maestro really leads the way in that you know he just in in his in his mannerisms and his vibe and the way he speaks the way he plays um he kind of invites you into that kind of an energy there's not 
he's not looking for a specific voicing from the piano, for instance. He's not looking for a specific way of comping, but he's looking for a specific energy. Mm-hmm. And it really is specific, it is particular, because if you do cross into another energy, he feels it, <clears throat> and he's not afraid to say, no, 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 that's not what we do here. You know, <laughs> yeah. we do this here. Really? Um, but it, it is just an energy. It's, it's almost uh, childlike, right? Like you're discovering how to make music for the first time uh, every time you get on that stage. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of what the experience is. It's very, very free and open and, and, and trusting, yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess we should let, let Kendrick, he's, he's the, the newest comer to this, well, not newest, well, but... I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, be it's, real. We could be real. I mean, you know, on this. it's it's beauty for me. I mean, when uh, the biggest thing that I think about is probably the word vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't have that in in the way you're playing and the way you approach the music, then you won't uh, get to the depth that he wants out of you. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like your preparedness. It's always uh, being met with that vulnerability. Um, I, the first day of the tour, I pulled out some music and I was just trying to figure out what tune we we needed to play. And he said, put the music away. <laughs> wow. And I haven't looked at any music since. And I really, I mean, I studied the music before I came out here, so I felt good about it, but I was still like, well, don't I need to read the charts? And then it really, you know, he always teaches me a lesson at the beginning of the tours <laughs> because he's always like, just put the music away and just trust that I'm not here to read the music. I'm here to um, tell the story. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what I get from him. Um, you know, are you ready to tell the story? Are you vulnerable enough to tell the story of what's happening right now? Not the story you played last night, not the story that um someone else played just yeah. this story you know mm-hmm. so that's what i get from it i mean the biggest thing about about <clears throat> i think i mean being that i'm an elder statesman of this whole situation um and seeing it you know morph in uh in many different ways uh it, these are strong personalities we're not just musicians playing music these are personalities that we have on each instrument and and somehow charles has always been able to to um pull you know through the course of his career musicians sidemen that who 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 have personalities they they don't they don't just show up to, to play the drums the bass guitar piano no they, they are personality and they the personality is is a sum of the whole you know and um it's funny when i first started playing with him i i didn't i i didn't really get that because i guess you know i was so used to I've, all of us are very versatile and we're able to like fit in uh, and our voices you know will will, will come out in, in in its own divine way but we're able to like fit in our, our role and, you know as i said whatever it calls for but i remember dorothy calling me dorothy's charles wife and she first called me she said to me uh, you know this is not a gig mm-hmm. she's like are you coming to like like basically give your all and and just not just dialing in, you know what I mean? We, we, wow. we need someone who's, who's about to, you know, about making like some serious meal, trying to transcend, you know, it's not just, so are you down for that? And no one had ever said anything like that to me. I was like, am I, you get the call, you're like, am I free? Yeah, I'll make it, I'll learn the music and keep on going. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that taught me that, you know, 
that like okay you know this is the, the higher purpose to this this whole situation and you also have to have tough skin to be to, to work with 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 a, a, a eccentric personality like like Charles. That's that's real, you know. As much you know, and and uh, and I always love to see the personalities that have been able to come, and 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 these guys are are a good a true testament, man. Just even you know, just even like all right, you know, rough my feathers a little bit. All right, I'm gonna show it in, I'm gonna show it on the bandstand. You know why I'm here, you know, and uh, that's that's priceless. That's that's truly priceless. Hello. Hello. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Let's move on though. Um, I wanna since this is a, a bass centric podcast, fellows, we must bring it back to the base always. Y'all should always actually do that anyway in life, right? <laughs> always bring it back to the base. Um what would you, what what do you expect in the bases? What 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 are the basic things? It doesn't have to be long winded about it. What does a bassist have to bring to the table to to play in a in a, a Gerald Clayton trio to play in a to I mean that you you want to be around even if you want to play a gig down at a pub somewhere what what does a bassist have to if you what are the quintessential things that you're looking for in a bassist you know in general uh, <clears throat> if you if you haven't thought about it before, you better think about it right now. <laughs> no, of course. Of course. <laughs> um, for me, it's it starts with sound and rhythm. It starts with uh, those two basic things. I guess when I think about any of my favorite artists, the first thing that hits me is their sound. And then the second thing that hits me is the rhythm. When you say artists, just not just bassists, but in, in, musicians in general. Just musicians in general. Yeah, okay. and, and I think we all recognize our favorite basis and, and, and artists in general by their sound. And so once I feel that somebody has a sound on their instrument, I know they put in the work um, um, to get that. And then rhythmically, when you feel, as a drummer, when you feel rhythmically that somebody is hearing what you're doing instead of counting, mm. it gives you a different uh, trust. And that's what mainly I look for in a bass player is trust. Because I guess I like to play as a drummer, but I like to challenge the functionality of what a drummer does. And I love that ba I love bass players who do the same. Yeah. Uh, when you can relinquish rhythm and do something else and feel like somebody has your back, mm. um, that is a beautiful thing. And then also the beautiful thing of just getting a groove together. Um, for me, um, and th these are mostly general things, actually, um, feeling like you can compose. So one of the thing about um, one of the things I love about playing with great musicians, every night, we're like Gerald said, we're coming to the same song we played two years ago, but tonight is different, and tonight can be killing because I feel like each band member learns to compose in the moment. You know, there's, you know, Terrence Blanchard taught me about that. He's like, there's delayed composition where you sit there with a pen and paper. And then there's instant composition. And I feel like all the great bass players know how to instantly compose some type of new groove, some type of new um, uh, a movement, uh, uh, chordal movement or whatever that will fit this time that we're in today. Mm. You know what I mean? And I feel like that starts the whole band in a different direction every time. 
Um, and, it, you know, a lot of it starts from the base, even though I sit on the throne. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Only but, literally. Only literally. Hello. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's what I look forward. That's what I look forward to, bass player, some leadership, the sound, uh, the feel, and the groove. If we can lock, I feel like the bass and drums can lock. That's what everybody's floating on top of, you know. So um, that's what I'm looking for. That's really hip. I just want to steal that answer. The <laughs> sound and rhythm, now that I think about it, is, is truly top of the list. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of the bass as such a foundational uh, element in the equation of the bandstand, right? That that you, you're the root of everything that we mm-hmm. that, that we put everything else on top of, you know. And as a piano player, I, I get to look at all 88 keys. I see the whole orchestra. Um, <clears throat> and... So my relationship with that bottom end, uh, it, yeah, it's it's personal like it is for any other instrumentalist or, 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 or yeah, person who's playing. I think what I'm trying to get at is, is that, you know, along with playing in that middle register, if, if that's my role, if that's what I'm providing uh, into the equation of the band, um, I have to have my ears open to what's on the bottom and what's on the top, just like everyone else. And I love it when a bass player has uh, an understanding, a feeling, a knowledge of what goes above that role as well. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, a bass player with harmony. You know, it's it's maybe not enough uh, for a bass player to just play G because it's a G chord. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, I'd like at some point them to also contribute some of that 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 upper stuff, you know. Um, but it, I don't know if that that's even. I don't know that that's a requirement because if it feels good, nothing matters, right? I mean, if it's if the sound is good and the feel is good, then then we're happy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I think if there's anything that I might get bored of, it's it's bass players who kind of. Um, play it safe, you know, and sort of just stay in that that one mode. Um, I, a dear friend uh, and and brother of ours, Joe Sanders, talks about how much his concept of the bass opened up when he studied with Ron Carter, um, and in realizing how much control the bass actually has in in the setting, how much um, your note choice can affect the music, you know. Uh, just by choosing even not to play, you know, um, choosing a different different note than G because it's a G chord, right? Um, and, and how that sort of opened up his, his concept of, of, of what his options are in terms of contributing to the music. Um, but I come from a, a bass player, a father who was strongly influenced by Ray Brown, you know, so that means beautiful big beat you know just a big sound the engine that everyone else can kind of sit on so a bass player who's able to provide kind of that cushion for us all to just lean back on and be comfortable um, that always kind of speaks to something that uh, that that feels very very home for me Um, but I, I, I do love a bass player who's who's hip to what's going on above just the bass as well so that's 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 an interesting envelope, envelope. <laughs> above envelope. Yeah. Yeah. Infinite, infinite but it's yeah. interesting because 
one thing I've always said, first of all, you what you said, there's this saying that I, I've heard Buster Williams, oh, I heard, saw this video some years ago, and I've said it here on Upright Citizens a few times. To play this music, you must be fearless. Mm -hmm. You must be fearless. Somehow, with a lot of bass players, I think because the, 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 because of the opportunities we get very early on, uh, we get complacent, right? We get complacent because if you have decent, a decent sound and, and a, a definitely a good groove, it almost stops there. Right, because you almost don't have to develop anything else above that to work. Right, so it's the hungry ones. I think it's the hungry bases, the hungry musicians, who end up being able to compose, be able to to know more harmony, to do the inflections you're talking about, Gerald. Right, but also it's the choices we make. I think we all, as musicians in general. Basses, bass players, drummers, these musicians are here by the choices they make in the music when they do them, do, when they make those choices too. I think what is all is a sum of what they what they say between the sound, the the um, uh, the pulse, the groove, the harmony, but it's how you bring all of that together and and it, it kind of de defines your sound and how why people gravitate towards you. You know what I'm saying? On any instrument, you know? And if I had to say, like, even if I just throw it back to, to these guys, uh, for me as a bass player, I'm always, I'm so um, sensitive to l people who listen. I think when people, I think that's probably more than, of course, sound and all that is, is, is definitely obviously top not but people who listen who interact i think that's what separates most musicians the people that you you hear on the records time and time and time they are incredible listeners right mm -hmm. they know how to react and they're very 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 sensitive to what's going on all the time not some of the time all the time so i think that's a that's a um a big a, a point that's that's not you know, stressed enough in general, <laughs> you know? You know, it's like a, uh -huh. I, I, I was watching a master class by Ron, actually, and he was, he was saying, just remember that you always have to play commensurately. Mm. And at the time, I was like, what the hell is commensurate? Help me out. Help me out. <laughs> <laughs> and so I looked up the word commensurate, and it just means, you know, you have to be in the vibe with everybody else. You're not... On the side somewhere over here, if if the band is here, you're here with the band. You know what I mean? You're here when you're having the same language, you're having the same conversation, and um, and in that he also said you have to make your uh, presence essential to the success of the band. Wow! And wow. I was like, oh, okay. That was those two things stick with me forever. You know what I mean? When I think about him, I think about right. When he's there, you know that the band is going to win because he's listening deeply. He's playing commensurately. He may, even in his, even when he's challenging you and, and seeking out different things, he's still commensurate within the group. And um, so that's, that's something I mean, that I've learned too, yeah. Most bass players should be in service. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Should be mm -hmm. until you, until 
till you're not. I mean, until mm -hmm. you need to affect the music in a certain kind of way to, to propel it where it needs to be. I think we all do that. Yeah. You know? I think it's true. The character of the bass itself compared to like the trumpet or the violin is pretty selfless, right? But you get the least mm -hmm. solos of the night. <laughs> you, you know, you're, you're playing every note, providing that cushion for everybody else to lean on. Yeah. It is a very selfless role. Mm -hmm. um, but that's that doesn't mean that you could be complacent or, or play it safe either. You do have to have that, that courage, that, that, you know, that willingness to, yep. um, yeah, to, to be vulnerable, to push yourself into to, to uncomfortable places uh, in, a, in a sensitive, big-eared type of way. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah definitely. I, I, I hear that, too, as, as far as talking about you know, sound, time, composing in the spot, composing in the moment. But it's, it seems like, too, all of, a lot of that with bass players that I hear sometimes, and I perhaps fall into this too, we think about studying the history, like studying Ray Brown, Ron Carter, transcribing them, and thinking that's that's the way to do it. Do you know what I mean? And perhaps that kind of makes us hit a hit a ceiling sometimes, thinking that the way that they do it is the only way to do it, if that mm -hmm. makes any sense. Getting right. really wrapped up in the tradition and not going beyond it. I think there's an element to that too, uh, in, in what I hear with uh, with with your response as far as like composing in the moment too, but I think that that sometimes we have to know the the tra tradition. We have to study and listen exactly intently, yeah. and really understand that to be able to get to that next level too. Yeah. So, conversely, sometimes that can hinder us. I think. Yeah. Sometimes I mean, I, it's it's funny because sometimes I think about. Uh, when I speak about something, I'm I'm taking for granted that people are already. <laughs> but yeah, those are the reference points in which you train yourself to make the decisions, right? right? I mean, you have the decisions. I always tell people actually that I think that your everything that you're feeling is valid. I mm -hmm. think everything you play is valid, and you're just like, wait, what are you talking about? If it's cultivated, because mm -hmm. then if everything I'm playing if I understand what Ray played and Charlie Hayden played and Slam Stewart and like all these cats, if I'm understanding the way they worked and I understand the way they worked and I understand how the bass works, then I can filter my ideas through those, through those things that I've come um, through to achieve who I am. You know what I mean? And I think that's what the tradition is, you know, to to find those beautiful things that you love from all of those cats and then throw the other things away. Dig. Man. You know what I mean? Preach. Preach. <laughs> hey, this is Bob. Hope you've been enjoying our conversation with Kendrick and Gerald. Be sure to tune in next week for part two. Peace.